0: You're listening to a Pawn Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Raider Nation, what is going on, Eddie Pascal? and we are back. For another episode of a Pawn Further Review brought to you by the good people at Coors Light. And I'm excited today. I'm feeling good. I was telling Ray, the energy isn't as high as it has been in the past. But hey, we are about two weeks into training camp. So anyone that tells you the energy is just optimum and they're firing at 10 out of 10, probably lying to you a little bit. But we're getting through. We're powering on throughout training camp. And we have a really, really good episode of the show today. Because in just a little bit, after we get through the business, after we talk about training camp and we look ahead... That's right, we look ahead to the Raiders playing a, you know, I don't want to say a meaningful game, but playing a preseason game, oh, I'm excited, but after we do all that, we are going to hang out with the newest voice, the voice, the play-by-play voice for your Las Vegas Raiders, Jason Horowitz, uh, and we had a really fantastic conversation with him yesterday. Make sure you go on the YouTube and check out the, the video of our chat, but... It was so cool to talk to Jason leading into his first game uh, in the booth with Lincoln Kennedy, and we covered a lot. We talked about a lot of things. Color me shocked, but Jason is a fantastic talker, a great storyteller, and I really think that you guys are going to enjoy our conversation. But before we get to that, as I said, we got the bills to pay. So we begin, as we always do, with our... Transactions brought to you by Shift4 Payments. So since the time last time we we, uh, we spoke, and as this comes to you on a Wednesday, it's only been six days, the Raiders have made the following moves. On June, excuse me, July 29th, they signed running back Austin Walter and placed linebacker Kyler Fackrell on the reserve injured list. Uh, and then just the other day on August 1, Dave Ziegler and company signed linebacker Curtis Bolton and placed linebacker Micah Kaiser on on the reserve injured list. Uh, Just a few notes about our new friend, Mr. Bolton. Last year, he was on the practice squad with the Colts, the 49ers, and the Lions. He made five appearances for the Lions, primarily on special teams. So if you look at the corresponding move, Bolton in for Kaiser who unfortunately was carted off the field at practice earlier this week. Still no firm update on exactly what is wrong for him. But anytime you see the card come out, especially in late July, early August, never a good thing. And obviously we're hoping for a swift recovery for Mr. Kaiser. But in the meantime, Bolton takes his spot on the roster. And I have a feeling that we're going to see a little bit of him this Thursday night in Canton at the Hall of Fame game where the Silver and Black kick off the preseason. And really... Them and the Jacks kick off the NFL season in general, the first time we've seen meaningful football since the Super Bowl. Very, very exciting. And as I said, that leads us right into our first headline of the week. Yes, your Las Vegas Raiders are playing a football game. As we record this on a Wednesday morning, the team left yesterday afternoon, flew to Canton. They are safely, uh, safe and sound there as we speak. Uh, they're going to do a tour of the Hall of Fame today, which would be really cool. So make sure you stay uh, locked into Raiders.com later this afternoon and really all throughout the weekend for some really top-notch Hall of Fame coverage. And it's going to be a really cool weekend for a lot of reasons. We'll get into it. But I think for me... As we get ready now to kind of, as we hit this next mark in the road, when we talk about the start of the preseason, we still have a lot of questions, and that's a good thing, right? That is not a bad thing that as we sit here on August 3, that we ask some questions about the roster. And the beauty of the preseason, and especially this year, where the Raiders obviously have that fourth game, right? The Raiders and the Jags have four preseason games as, com- as compared to everyone else's three. We're going to get a really long look at this roster Now, I would be shocked, and we don't know anything for certain yet, but I would be shocked, startled, surprised, whatever word you want to use, if we saw the Derek Carrs and Devontae Adams and Darren Wallers of the world out there uh, tomorrow night. But what we are going to see, at least I anticipate seeing, is we are going to see a lot of offensive linemen rotate through. We are going to see a lot of offensive line combinations, uh, and we're going to see really who has put their best foot forward and who has taken advantage of this early start in training camp. And, you know, there's so much that has been made about the state of the offensive line over the past several months, really since the offseason got underway. And I think that now as we get into the preseason, uh, as we have these four games coming down the the highway here, it'll be a great opportunity to to see how Josh McDaniels on the staff manages the offensive linemen, or manage the offensive linemen, I should say. But I'm really going to be intrigued, and I said it a second ago, about the combinations of guys that we see. Because since day one, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels have been pretty up front. They've been pretty forward in, in saying, look, we are going to play the best five linemen, right? We are going to see who fits where. We're going to, you know, kind of put together that puzzle. And at the end of the day, it's going to be the best five. And you look at the Raiders' offensive line. I mean, you know what you got in Colton Miller at left tackle, right? You got a, a Pro Bowl caliber franchise stud left tackle. You feel good about that. You know, you, you, you feel pretty confident about what you got in Andre James. I think we'd all like to see him take another step in 2022. But outside of that, we're filling in pieces. So it's going to be very interesting to me to see what that rotation looks like come tomorrow night and really what it's going to look like throughout the preseason. And we're going to, you know, thankfully return to Allegiant Stadium a week and, oh gosh, just about a week now, a little over a week, a week and a half for the first preseason game of the year at Allegiant against the Minnesota Vikings, and that's going to be a blast. But really, as we go through this next month, that is where my eyes are going to be focused, on the big boys up front, on really both sides of the football, but the offensive line in particular – How do we get from now to September 11th, and how do we figure out who are those best five guys? What does that combination look like? What does Lester Cotton have to say? Lester Cotton has been the MVP of camp, right? Everyone is talking about Lester Cotton. Players, coaches, former players like Richie Incognito, talking about what this guy is bringing to the table, how he has changed his mindset, his body, his work over the past year or two. Let's see it. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see what Lester does with this opportunity. Where does John, Sim- John Simpson fit into the mix? right? We've seen John play quality football in silver and black. We've seen him, uh, you know, similar to Andre James, you, you hope that he's a guy that's going to take another step forward, especially now with the retirement of Denzel Good. Denzel Good ain't walking through that door anymore. What do we do at right tackle? We've seen a lot of Brandon Parker on the right side of the offensive line. Jesse Merrick and I have talked about this uh, at length on the Raiders training, camp pod, excuse me Raiders training camp podcast, Shameless plug Alert. But I'm excited to see what the pieces look like. Thayer Mumford. Where does Thayer kind of end up in this mix? What, where does, does does he have a role? Is he uh, does he find himself playing meaningful reps sooner than later? Like I am excited. there are so many things to keep an eye on, especially with that front five coming up here over the next month and it's going to be uh, you know really, really fantastic. Another group to keep an eye on, uh, and Jesse and I mentioned this a little bit the other day, the DBs, right? I, I think that the Raiders defensive backs have had a really nice start to camp. I think they have, I would say, pleasantly surprised me in how consistent they have been. Now let's see it when, when they go against competition, right? Let's see it when they go against guys that aren't wearing silver and black. That's what I want to see. And look, they're not going to get the kitchen sink thrown at them. No one is under the impression that, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be going five wide and, hey, let's let's really put our pedal to the middle offensively. No one expects that, nor should they. But let's see how the Raiders' DBs hold up. I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see if we see any of Rocky Sin. I'm excited to see if we see any of Anthony Everett. Like, I, I imagine we will a little bit. But same type of deal. What does that rotation look like? How does, how does Patrick Graham kind of move those pieces around? Where does Nate Hobbs fit in. right. We know Nate Hobbs is going to be a big part of this defense. Is it primarily in the slot? Is he primarily your nickelback? Hey, does maybe Petrogram kick him to the outside for a little bit as you wait for Trayvon Mullen to get healthy? Like We have questions. We have questions, and that is a good thing. Also, before we talk to Jason Horowitz, backup quarterback. It is something that we have not talked enough about. Backup quarterback. Now, as I said at the top, I would be shocked if we saw Derek uh, break a sweat tomorrow night. So let's see who kind of wins that duel between Nick Mullins and Jared Stidham. Does Chase Garbers uh, have a really nice day at the office? Does he kind of throw himself into that mix seriously to, to you know, vie for, for a number two spot on the depth chart? We shall see. It is going to be very exciting. We have no shortage of storylines to follow, and I cannot wait to dive into all of it after we, uh, after we watch the game tomorrow night. And speaking of tomorrow night, a really, really cool, I think, just event, right? I think we, look at, we have a tendency to look at the preseason, and you're like, oh, it's kind of the preseason. What does it mean? Blah, blah, blah. But tomorrow's going to be really fun. Tomorrow's going to be really cool for a variety of reasons. One, Raiders and Jags kicking this thing off, getting the NFL season back underway. Exciting. Josh McDaniels going home, having a chance to coach in the stadium where he played a ton of high school football. Exciting. Jason Horowitz on the call, in the booth with our pal Lincoln Kennedy for the first time. Exciting. Like, we got a lot of really exciting things. And and just like I said, before we get to Jason and we're going to get to him in just a sec, I promise, I I hope that Coach McDaniels gets to enjoy the moment a little bit tomorrow night. Because, you know, he he was talking about, uh, you know, he's going home, right? You know, an, an Ohio guy. His dad was a legendary high school coach. And Josh watched a ton of football in that stadium. He talked a lot. He's talked a lot about, uh, you know, how those watching those games, watching his dad on the sideline, was such a formative experience for him. Josh ended up getting to play in that stadium, as I said. And our pal Q Myers had a great tweet earlier today. He goes, uh, Josh McDaniels is on display here at Canton, Ohio, or excuse me, in Canton, Ohio, at Lehman Middle School. And you look and kind of in the trophy case at this middle school, just all these really cool photos of Josh, young Josh, Josh at the Super Bowl. And it's, you know, it's such a a cool storyline of, of, you know, someone getting a chance to go home, someone getting a chance to, you know, reflect and, and get a chance to say, hey, you know what? It's been a heck of a journey. It's been a crazy ride. But, you know, I'm here. I'm back, you know, where I grew up, and there's something really, really special in that. And like I said, I hope my sincere hope is that Coach gets to enjoy it for at least a few minutes before uh, before the the bullets start flying, and, and he's got to worry about calling a game and putting some points on the board. But it's going to be a blast. Like I said, I cannot wait to kind of see it, to hear it. And to have Raider football back, and especially kind of with the backdrop of, of the Hall of Fame and Shryman coming this weekend, Cliff Branch and Richard Seymour both going in. And speaking of the Hall of Fame, make sure you are tuned in all weekend to Raiders.com. We will have you covered on all things Hall of Fame. And it's just a very exciting time in history for this organization. And it all kicks off tomorrow night, Thursday night, at 5 o'clock p.m. So make sure you lock in and hang out with us because it is going to be a blast. Uh, and a dude who I know for a fact— is gonna have a blast tomorrow night when this thing gets rolling for real is Jason Horowitz, the new play-by-play voice for your Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, and as I said at the top, man, Jason and I had a fantastic conversation yesterday, covered a lot of topics, talked about the Heisman, talked about uh, about his uh, his son's excitement for dad to be wearing the silver and black, and, and a little bit of Jason's prep work. He was very kind and allowed me to nerd out, uh, and we got into kind of the X's and O's of how Jason uh, goes from, uh, from first quarter to fourth quarter getting ready for a, a Raiders game, and, and really his first kind of introduction to the nation and and obviously he will get that internet introduction in a big way tomorrow night but i hope that you guys get to know him get to love him a little bit more following our conversation so sit back relax and enjoy our conversation with the new play-by-play voice for your las vegas raiders jason horowitz And what a treat it is to be joined by the new play-by-play voice for your Las Vegas Raiders, Jason Horowitz. And Jason, man, congratulations. I'm sure the past, what, 10 10 days, two weeks have been a whirlwind for you. But I do appreciate that you got the notice about the uniform. You're in the black shirt today. So, uh, I mean, if you could try to describe what it's been like the past couple weeks, I mean, where would you even start? Well, first of all, I opened the package this morning, and there were uh, four Raiders shirts.
1: Now, a couple for the broadcast on Thursday night um one for me and then one for my five and a half year old son who when he gets back from camp today is just gonna be ecstatic he's wow it's it's silver, white. he's all about uh all about this I, hes he's as excited about this job as i am so which is awesome um it's been crazy it it it, it really has been it's been it's been fast um it's been a whirlwind of emotions the the day that the release came out last Tuesday, we were on the air at big 10 media day for Sirius XM. And it did, you know, I didn't really have a chance to process it and all the messages and all of the notes and, and all of that. And it just kind of hit me like a wave of emotions. Cause you know, you you and I are not that different in age and we grew up at a time where, you know, even obviously people even before us, but we grew up in a time where, Calling your team's game, you know, it's a whole generation of people who are growing up and you're that voice and the responsibility, the awesomeness of that. It's just, it's just kind of hit me with a wave of emotions the last week.
0: You know, it's it's so interesting. You bring up kind of just being the voice for essentially like someone's childhood, right? Like I'm a big San Francisco Giants fan, right? Like, and so Mike Kruko and and Dwayne Kuyper and John Miller, like those are the guys that I grew up listening to. And obviously I'm so spoiled now where I still get to listen to them. And I was telling my wife all the time, where I was like, it's, it's hard to explain if you don't have that relationship with a voice, with, with the person that's with your team, but it's, it's something really, really unique and really, really special.
1: Yeah. That's especially in the NFL. I mean, you, you referenced baseball. And for me, when I've talked about this the last week for me growing up, Ernie Harwell, who was the voice of the tigers for, I mean, heck he was traded by the, I believe the franchise was the Atlanta crackers to the Detroit tigers in the fifties. Um, which is like trading a broadcaster and all that stuff, but, um, you know, same thing, but, but the difference about the NFL is that with the exception of the preseason, all the games, you get a different announcer every week, Mm -hmm. except on radio, because there, there are 32 of these positions where you are the voice of that team and you're with that team and their emotions, the ride of the season, the journey of a game, the whole aspect of it. Um, it, it really is pretty humbling to, to be part of this.
0: Yeah, and we're excited to have you. And do you mind if I nerd out for a sec? Can I ask you some nerd questions? <laughs> you can do whatever you uh, want. To. So I, one of the things that I am fascinated by, especially with, with radio play-by-play folks, uh, and with the and on the TV side as well, because me and Beth Motens have had some fantastic conversations about this, but I am so... I would say oddly intrigued by how play-by-play folks prepare for a game. Like you look at folks around the league, and they have these notebooks and these binders and and these you know the, yeah. the two deep and all that. So I know we're getting ready for game one for Jason, and I imagine that the process will change and mature and grow over the year or over the season. But what is like the prep look like for you now, getting ready for Thursday night in Canton? Well, well, I'll show you in person next week. Oh, please Uh, do. I would love that. You can have
1: the chart and all that stuff. I will tell you for a preseason game, there are a lot more people on it than I'm used to. (laughs) So that, that is the first part of it. Um, you know, I, I organization's the biggest key because obviously the game itself is first and foremost, because nobody can see it when they're listening to you. So you have to describe all of it and all the surroundings and all of that to a T. And so that is first and foremost, um, but, but if you're not organized with where stuff is and you're trying to find it and looking for it on your charter, you know, you, I've got some note cards here next to me that I, that I usually keep and I'll tape up in a booth and these are more for storylines. You know, did we hit the five or six biggest storylines going into a game? You know, for, for this one, this is all about cliff branch and how legendary he was. And some of the things that, you know, Fred Bolitnikoff said when he joined the roster and, and, and one hall of famer was in the middle of his career that would lead to another hall of fame career. and, you know some of those type of things, so I'll tape that stuff up in the booth and season storylines and things like that, just to remember. But but particularly for radio, you numbers name a number, right? Everything else you can find as long as you know where it is on your board. Everything else you can find, but name a number, and they just go hand in hand. And throughout the course of years, as you go on, it it's just kind of a it's just kind of a memory thing that that kicks in. And if you say, you know, what I'll do the night before a game is, you know, twenty one. And then my name, you know, I'll I'll recognize the name because you see the number um, and then and then the name on the field. The one good thing about this, though, Eddie, is that I'm coming from the college aspect of it where uh, multiple things happen. One, sometimes you actually can't see the number because you get Oregon type jerseys where they don't they actually just blend in.
0: (laughs) Now, now, real quickly, as a proud Oregon duck, let's tread carefully on the greatness. oh, Oh, by the way. Hold that thought for a second. Okay. Okay.
1: Have a, have a college roommate who works at
0: the university of Oregon. Hey, there we go. Of the Oregon. There Dets. we go. Shout out the but, conference of champions,
1: but well, as long as there's, I, going I was going to gonna say around. for the next
0: 18 months, but, <laughs>
1: um, but, but there are, there are teams that you cannot necessarily see numbers where in the NFL, the, the rules are very different about that. So, uh, it, it's going to be awesome. I, I can't wait. And then once we get to the regular season, you know, you know, who's playing everywhere and, and, the, the roster on game day is obviously smaller, so uh, it's gonna be awesome.
0: And, and I imagine that having a guy like Lincoln Kennedy sitting next to you up in that booth, a guy who's been here for so long, knows the ins and outs of this organization, yeah. of this team, the kind of the history of the team like that, that has to help going into into a Thursday night for you, right? Yeah.
1: Lincoln, so we have talked before all of this once or twice. Um, he's been a guest on various shows that we've had throughout the years. Um, more from a college perspective, and he has had his own radio show throughout years as well. But you know, getting to know him over the last week or so, and and talking to him on the phone a couple of times, sharing some texts back and forth, it's I can already tell that uh, we're we're going to get along great, um, and he's going to get a lot. He's the knowledge, right? He's the one that had the long NFL career on the offensive line, you know, playing in the NFL for. 11 seasons, you know, all those pro bowls, first team, all pro he's the one that has that experience. And so he's the one, all those things in game situations. That's going to be like, okay, this is what I'd be thinking about. This is what they're thinking about. This is what's worked. This is what hasn't worked. And then, and and the back and forth is going to be great. Um, I love his sense of humor already. I can tell Uh, the fact that he was discovered as a marching band member before he was a football player is great. Uh, I can't wait to share stories about the fact that I was moved from trumpet to
0: baritone. Cause I stunk at trumpet. And so we're going to get to go. <laughs> and don't, and listen, don't, I love Lincoln. Lincoln knows that me and him go, we go back a long ways. Do not let him sour you on the university of Oregon. Cause Lincoln is a proud uh, member excuse, proud alumni yeah. of the university yeah. of Washington. Do not let him poison your mind, Jason, in these early weeks while you're trying to be nice to him, he, he's going to tell you some horrible things about my ducks and don't believe him for a second.
1: Well, that's fair. I I will say there's both of, they are two of the, so I have a pantheon of college campuses that I have been to, not always called games from, but been to Um, Eugene
0: Seattle are two of the top. Yeah, it's hard to beat them. You've got unbelievable campuses there. It really is. Yeah, it's a blast, and and Lincoln and I have a good time with it. It actually a funny story for Lincoln does a podcast for us, the Morning Grind, Shameless Plug Alert, right. uh, that he'll be bringing back next week as we kind of gear up for the the preseason and all that. And Lincoln sends me the audio files every week when he uh, when he's done, you know, recording. And he he tries to sneak in every once in a while at the very end after he's done, and he's like, "All right, that's it. Let me know if you need me to recut anything." And there'll be like a five second pause. And then he'll say something pretty hurtful about my ducks, just to see if I'm if I'm going to go through the whole file. And he hasn't snuck one by me yet, Jason. Not yet. As long as you're, you know what that means? It means you're listening. It does 100. It, me, it, it means you're doing your your job,
1: and you're doing it really well as someone who listens. That's great. That's uh, great. What? Sorry, or, go ahead. So you would have been
0: there. You would have been there during the uh, Mariota year. I sure was. So my four years uh, at Oregon and Matt Walks, who also works for us, we're, we're old college pals. Our four years at, uh, at Oregon were Chip Kelly's four years. So yeah. we, had a, we had a lot of, we watched a lot of really good football. We watched Marcus yeah. towards the end. So having him here the past couple seasons was such a treat for us, just like on a purely yeah. like fan college kid type level. It was, it was really cool. Oh.
1: So since you said you wanted to nerd out, so yeah, the let's question do it.
0: is, when you, when you first
1: met him, did you ask him about, like, do we share this class together? So it's, like, it's do, really... do you remember meeting me oh, at cool. the
0: bar? <laughs> Dude, so it's really funny. So when we had Marcus on the first time, because keep in mind, so Marcus signed during the COVID year. So that right. first six months was just, you know, bizarro world, to, to say the least. But when we finally sure. sat down and, and we did a sit down, I think it was last training camp, maybe, maybe last offseason program at some point during the summer. And we started talking and and he he knew that I went to Oregon and we were kind of going back and forth. But we had this really kind of funny realization uh, towards like the end of our conversation because we were waiting for the camera guys to get set up. And we were like, we're just now both dudes in our late 20s. That are kind of just reliving the glory days because he was. You know, I was like, oh, you know, I met, I met my wife at a house party on 16th and Ferry, and he's like, oh my god, he's like, I met my wife on 18th and Alder, and I was like, oh, that's crazy. And so we had we had really similar college experiences in the fact that you know we were obviously within the same 12 block radius, but he was the most famous person in the Pacific Northwest, and I was just hanging out with my buddies drinking beers on Saturday, watching him do his thing. But it w- it was very. It was just one of those kind of really cool, bizarre world moments. We're like, yeah, we're we're just just old guys now.
1: Well, well I'll tell you what. Uh, next time you see him, uh, I will one of these days ship it out to you, so that next time you see him, you can say, "Hey, you want a Heisman Trophy? I have a Heisman Trophy, and I will let you have my Heisman Trophy whoa, whoa, whoa. that you can share with Marcus Mariota." You have a Heisman? Hey, All right. Him. How do you have a Heisman? So, <laughs> <laughs> give me a story. Want- <laughs> so. I'm 13 years old and we have, so I grew up in Michigan in suburban Detroit, and we have some family that lives in Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant is where Central Michigan University is. And we were going up for a family event and they owned a, what I thought was a jewelry store, but it was a jewelry store slash electronics slash literally anything you needed in Mount Pleasant. They had and sitting on the shelf For $39.99 was a replica Heisman Trophy. (laughs) So I am the proud owner of a replica Heisman Trophy in my office, which one of these days when we actually get shelving uh, uh, in this office here in the basement, because uh, we had had a baby last summer. And so our office upstairs is now an office slash nursery. And so we've been relegated to the basement. So one of these days when we actually get some shelving down here, I will put the Heisman behind me. Oh, One you got problem it. with my Heisman that's different than Marcus's, other than the fact that his is real, and I don't know what I would call this. the uh, The ball is in the wrong hand. Ah, the Heisman is facing the wrong direction. Hence thirty nine
0: ninety nine. Well, at some point when we get you out here to the facility, I know you're coming out, going to be here next week. You got to talk to Jim Plunkin. So Plunk has the real deal Heisman, and he's he's like shown it to us before, and it is. Well, I would hope so. He big. won it. Yeah, he sure did. But I'm telling you, I, it's, it's, I would hope he has the real deal. What, but you never know. You know, sometimes you hear like, oh, you know, there's that whole bit where Carson Palmer had his, you know, his Heisman Trophy was yeah. with Dan Patrick and Dan Patrick. Lott, you know, it's this whole thing. So Plunk has it. It's very heavy. And I would be curious to see if we put them next to each other, if we could tell the difference.
1: He's what, the 1970 Heisman Trophy winner? Is Oh, that right? man, let me look
0: it up. Something like that? Put me on the spot. I bet. It's something no, I like don't. That. Something like that. Something. It's something like that let's see i'm curious now you've piqued my interest plunk won the heisman and in... you are good 1970 so
1: there are there are some weird quirks that i can pull out okay uh and and we've done this i'm not doing this now because now i feel like i'm done this <laughs> terrible but like there have been times where i could go back from like fill in the blank year whatever you're in all the way back to the 80s and not miss a heisman winner that's impressive but but just, I think it's because I own a Heisman.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess like technically, them. yeah, I mean, technically by the letter of the law, you're in that fraternity. I mean, they might not know it, but you know it. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to tell him. He's going to look. I know. <laughs> Plunk how is did a, we hire this guy? Plunk, Plunk is a fantastic sense of humor, though. He'll get a kick out of it. But when, when we look ahead to, to Thursday night, and obviously that'll be the game, and, and I'm sure it'll be such a special moment for you and, and to, yeah. to share with Lincoln and the family and all that. But more excitingly for me, you're coming out here. We're getting you to Vegas next week. Yeah. I mean, are you, how excited are you to see this building, to kind of have a chance to see the team in a, in a practice setting? Obviously, you'll see him playing a game on Thursday. But that's got to be kind of just the next thing on the on the list for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, so it, it'll be, it, I've been to Vegas recently and around Allegiant stadium and facility. Cause we were out there for the NFL draft. Um, I've hosted the draft for Sirius XM the last 10 years. So, so around, you know, the Raiders stuff, we'll call it, uh, but not in the broadcast booth, not in the stadium. Um, and certainly with, with a different perspective today than I, than I had back in April um, for when we were all out there for the festivities of the draft. So It's, um, man, I, I, it's just been so great to talk to everyone who has, because the other thing I've come to notice with the Raiders, obviously the fan base, uh, sticks with this franchise forever. And it's one of the most passionate and, and, and all of those things that come with the Raider Raider nation. Um, but one of the things I've gotten to understand about the organization from just the, this standpoint, man, you the, the men and women who work for the Raiders really feel like they've been there a long time, right? <laughs> like between, between the people that I interviewed with for the job and some of the people who have worked for silver and black productions and, you know, others who are working for Raider nation radio. I mean, this is, this is a group of people who have been with the organization 10, 15, 20 years. And so putting some faces to those names and, and getting to know them and, and having them get to know me is, it's going to be great. Yeah,
0: and yeah. we can't wait. Like I said, we can't wait to have you out here. Obviously, we're all looking ahead to Thursday night for a variety of reasons. And and hearing your voice and hearing Lincoln back in the booth again for the first time in, gosh, six months, we're all very, very excited. But on a selfish personal level, we're very excited to have you here in the building to kind of get to know you. And like you said, to put some faces to the names. And uh, before I let you go, though, man, Thursday night, do you are you think you're going to take like any type of moment to be like, okay, like this is... Go time, or or is he, are you just going to be straight into business? Hey, this is another day at the office. No, well, uh, both. I mean, so it, it's
1: it's not my first game, but it's different. You know, it's it's different, and and I'm guessing I'll probably feel the same way um, when it's uh, when it's week one. It's Raiders Chargers in Los Angeles, and then again when it's week two because it'll be the home opener. Um and, and so that'll have a different feeling uh behind it. I but the fact that it's the fact that it's at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you know, and 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 not just because the Raiders have so many players who are enshrined there, uh, and not just because of the fact that Mark Davis is is going to present Cliff Branch and all of that. Um but this is the pantheon of football. And everything that has happened in the history of football in part, which has made the Raiders as historic of a franchise as they are, is there, right? It's, it lives there. The plays live there. The calls live there. The people live there. The moments live there. Um, and so every year in August, when, when the football world descends on Canton, Ohio, Josh McDaniel's hometown, (laughs) um, It's something special to remember that because there's always a group of people who are trying to get back there when it's all said and done and you don't get there unless you do something special everywhere else. And so the fact that my first is there, um, yeah, I'll definitely take some moments. No question. Yeah, you got it. Hope what? it doesn't happen in like a second and seven. No,
0: take them Link Lincoln's just happening. Hey, Lincoln, we gotta go. We gotta go. We
1: gotta go. They can take over. There's a sweep to the right. Take over.
0: <laughs> oh man, but hey, like I said, dude, we're we're so excited for Thursday night uh, to hear you to hear Link. Congratulations on this new gig. We are fired up to meet you in person next week. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun over the next couple of years. I promise you that we are gonna talk a lot of Raiders football. We're gonna talk a lot of things that aren't Raiders football. We're just going to talk and I cannot wait to have you in the mix, man. So safe travels to Ohio, safe travels back to Vegas when we see you here uh, next week. and, And I'm excited to connect, man. Awesome, Eddie. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And a huge shout-out to Jason for coming to hang out with us. And like I said, uh, he will be out here next week at practice, and I am hopeful we're going to get him in the studio to do some stuff uh, in person, which will be a lot of fun. But congratulations to him. Congratulations to his family. And like I said, we cannot wait to hear him on the call uh, later, I guess, well, tomorrow. Tomorrow night, so uh, very very exciting for all involved, and uh, and I hope you guys enjoyed that. So, before we get out of here, it would not be in upon further review unless we finish it this way and cracked a few ice cold bruchachos, And this week we cracked two, because candidly we lost two titans, we lost two giants. Uh, so I'm gonna crack two two beers today, one for Bill Russell, and one for Vince Scully. Bill Russell passed away earlier this week. Uh, and the Raiders put out the following statement following his passing. The Las Vegas Raiders mourn the passing of Bill Russell, a true champion American and American sporting giant and a dear member of the Raiders family. An unparalleled competitor who changed the game of basketball as a transcendent force in the NBA, Russell was also a beacon of social change and a civil rights icon during a turbulent period in professional sports and beyond. Russell attended McClyman's High School in Oakland and was a passionate supporter of his hometown Raiders. The Raider Nation joins the world in mourning the loss of an all-time great. Very well said, an incredibly poignant, well-written statement. And uh, yeah, you think of Bill Russell, and and obviously most of us who are listening to this podcast never got a chance to see him play, but you just watch, uh, you see the highlights, you hear the way people talked about him, perhaps the greatest uh, winner in team sports in North American history, and more importantly, way more importantly, uh, a guy who stood up for what was right, a guy who was a passionate outspoken supporter of civil rights, uh, of equality, and, and did it, frankly, at a time when it wasn't easy to do that. And I know that it's never easy to do that. It feels like, at times, it's always kind of a, a struggle to, to stand up and voice your opinion when, when things are, you know, not popular at the time, but Bill Russell, a dude who, till the very end, Right to the very end, stood up for what was right, and I think that we can we can all learn a lot from him and, and kind of the stances he took and what he stood for. So uh, R.I.P. Bill Russell, and then unfortunately last night too, as we record this on a Wednesday morning, uh, on Tuesday night we get the news that another titan of broadcast has left us, Vince Scully, and and you guys know that I'm a diehard Giants fan, but man. You look at, at what Vince Scully meant to the game of baseball, what he meant to the world of broadcasting, what he meant to the world of storytelling, and man, he is a guy that it, it is hard to overstate his impact on all of those areas. An iconic voice, a voice that, that even if you weren't a Dodgers fan, you knew, uh, you recognized, provided some level of comfort for a lot of folks, and... Uh, just a dude who lived an incredible life. I was, I was kind of reading through a bunch of the, you know, the, the feature bio type stuff that naturally comes out after a, after a passing like this. And just what an incredible life. I was talking to my wife about it last night where it's pretty incredible to think that this dude called a perfect game in the late 1950s. That is wild. That is wild. And and a guy who was at the top of his craft for 60-plus years. Like, what an incredible run to just be elite at what you do, to be considered as one of the best of the best for six-plus decades. Six-plus decades. Unbelievable. Uh, I saw a a tweet last night that said he was the youngest uh, youngest broadcaster to call a World Series. Uh, I think he was 25 at the time. And I just—I was thinking to myself when I was kind of driving in here this morning, what a treat that must have been for him. But also, how scary would that be, too? And this is at a time, right, where radio is—that is the medium in which people are consuming uh, their sports content, baseball in particular. And you are, you are tasked with being the voice for the most iconic series uh, in the game at 25. I mean, man— a legend is a legend is putting it lightly. So uh, shout out to Vince Scully, shout out to Bill Russell man. a tough week for for losing Titans of, of sport and uh, and we're thinking of them and thinking of their families and just uh, I think today we just kind of got to reflect and, and celebrate the the incredible moments that both those two gentlemen gave us. So big shout out to them and uh, and these ice cold ones are for for those guys. but we got to get out of here. Raiders are playing a game tomorrow night. very, very exciting. Uh, and after the game, We'll do a little bit of little programming on the way out. After the game, the fifth quarter is returning. Yes, the Raiders played a game, which means we are getting back in the lab to break it all down. And we're really, really excited because Q Myers Friend of the program, Q Myers, is actually in Canton right now for Raider Nation Radio 920, covering all the festivities. So he is going to join us remotely to break down everything that he has seen in Canton, everything that he has seen on the field from your Raiders, and it is going to be a blast. Really, really excited to talk to Q after the game, so make sure that you lock in with us there. Uh, And if you subscribe to the fifth quarter last year, you will get that feed, or excuse me, get that pod right in the feed. So no need to... uh, to change or to you know, seek it out or anything like that. And if you have not subscribed to it, please, I encourage you, go on to wherever you, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, look up the fifth quarter. We have this fantastic uh, purplish-hued logo uh, brought to you by the good people at Twitch, and it'll be a lot of fun. So make sure you hang out with us there or just subscribe to the Raiders Podcast Network and you will get it in that feed as well. After the game... The team will return home, obviously, and get a some well-deserved rest. And they will be back on the field, back on the practice field, I should say, on Monday after a weekend of rest and recovery. And then we're going to get ready for our next preseason game, our first preseason game of the season at Allegiant Stadium and that will be the following Sunday so we are off to the races we are cooking we are moving and I cannot wait so enjoy the day Raider Nation make sure you lock in with us on Thursday night for the entirety of the Hall of Fame game all your coverage all your analysis all that good stuff we got you covered And then, since we are not playing next Thursday, we will be back our usual time uh, Thursday afternoon, uh, a week from tomorrow. So in the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and enjoy the return of Raiders football. And we will catch you guys next time, same time, same place, for our next episode of Upon Further Review.